Hello, and welcome to the Aligned Birth Podcast. We are so glad you are here. I'm Dr. Shannon, a prenatal chiropractor. And I'm Rachel, a birth doula and childbirth educator, and we are the team behind the Aligned Birth Podcast. Between us, we have experienced a cesarean birth, a VBAC, hospital births, and a home birth. Our personal experiences led us to where we are today. We share a lot in common. We are friends from high school who reconnected through our work. We both changed career paths after the birth of our own children. We light up when talking about health and birth, and we are both moms to two young boys. This podcast was created to share conversations and interviews about topics from pregnancy and birth to motherhood and the importance of a healthy body and mind through it all. Our goal is to bring you fun, interesting, and helpful conversations that excite you and make you want to learn more. We believe that when you are aligned in body, mind, and your intuition, you can conquer anything. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, hello, Dr. Shannon here with the Aligned Birth Podcast, and today I am super, super excited to be talking to Ray the doula. I um, absolutely love her, and fun story about how we met is, of course, through the wonderful world of social media, mainly Instagram, right? I have a love-hate relationship with social media. But um, I love it because I get to connect with people like Ray. And so she had, um, as I mentioned just a minute before, she is a doula, but she has an RN background. And she had wonderful wealth of knowledge on PCOS and women's health and really helping women be in tune with their body. And so I'm excited to talk to uh, Miss Ray today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Now, I kind of want to dive right in because one of the ways I found you was exactly through, um, you had posted something about PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, in which is very prominent in women. And that was the big kicker for me was I had recently had maybe three women come in in the one week all talking about it because all their symptoms were so different. Everything was all over the place because it's such a big diagnosis right. and you had that information. And so I want to know more about what you have learned about PCOS and what got you on that path of, of really diving into that aspect of health? So my background is in nursing. Um, I went to nursing school straight out of high school, and I thought my end goal was going to be a women's health nurse practitioner. Um, so I went to nursing school, and obviously I graduated. I started uh, bedside nursing doing med surge. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me anymore because hospital nursing just wasn't my passion. Um, so I took a little break and became a public health nurse um, to just figure out my path. And during that time, um, I also decided that I wanted to have a baby. And so um, I started trying and it didn't happen. And I was like, what in the world? I had no idea about PCOS or infertility or anything. I just thought that people decided they were ready to have a baby and it just happened. <laughs> and then they just had a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be super simple. And for me, it was not. Um, it actually turned into a few years of 
of honestly trying to get providers to listen to me to get the diagnosis of PCOS and then to get the diagnosis of infertility and then to go on the healing journey and then to finally having my son. But to back up a little There's bit. There's a lot in there. I know, right. Don't yeah. you there that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in there. To back up a little bit, yeah. it was my own journey of trying to figure out what was going on with my own body because doctors, they really wouldn't listen to me. Um, and so I had to do all of the research myself um, in the beginning to basically present it to the doctors to say, this is what I think is going on with me. Could you please just run this test so I could see what my thyroid is doing, so I could see what my hormones were doing. And after about two or three providers, switching providers, I was able to find one that listened and he did run tests and do an ultrasound. And that's when I got the diagnosis of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it affects multiple body systems. And like you mentioned earlier, everybody's symptoms are so different and everybody could present in a different way. Um, and I, I think that might be one reason why providers um, struggle with pinpointing it. But at the same time, I feel like if you have a woman who's asking for a test, could you just please run the test so we can I figure mean, out what's going on? I can't. Like, I re I'm taking notes while, while we're talking and like I'm underlining and I've got <laughs> exclamation points because I've, it's the same thing. I've got women coming in the office and I'm like, OK, well, let's let's go to your, you know, OB, let's get these tests. And then one a doctor came back and he told a patient, you can't just come in here demanding these tests and asking the test. I'm like, this is <laughs> our body. Like I just, <laughs> and I told her, I was like, it's time to find a new provider. And so I love that you even mentioned, okay, I'm going to switch until I find someone who is listening to me. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it's, it's so unfortunate that that's the reality of things because actually that is how it should go. I should be able to come into your office and have a discussion about what's going on with my body and ask you, what do you think? This is what I would like to do. These are some tests that I think would be beneficial. Is there anything you would suggest? And then we come together and approach my health from a collaborative effort not just oh well this is what I think is the doctor there's no way that you could know what you're talking about so you just need to listen to me I mean I what's that about I can't I can't stand that and I do I mean I have such respect for the medical community because of the amount of training and I get in because of the amount yeah. of knowledge and all of that but there's also that listening aspect so you know, to just say, okay, well, this is why I would like to do it. This is why I wouldn't Ex explaining things, you know, and it's the right. same thing in the birth world. And you know that too. It's the, it's the risk. It's the benefit. It's yes. an informed decision and saying, this is why I would want to run this test. And this is why I wouldn't. But right. So you finally found a provider that listened to you. Now you also mentioned the fact that you wanted all of these organ systems tested because I know it, it's all connected. You know, it's not like right. the thyroid just functions by itself. I mean, it's connected to pituitary. It's connected to hormones. And so yes. I know that makes things difficult too, you know, in trying to really hone in on that diagnosis. Right. And I think um, 
one thing that happens with the women with PCOS is that some providers may look at only one aspect of it. And so the PCOS kind of just gets lost in the sauce. A lot Mm -hmm. of women with PCOS have that insulin resistance. And so I think providers tend to look at that only and say oh well if you just control the blood sugar with this medicine and focus on losing weight then everything else will regulate and they don't necessarily look at all of the other hormones they don't look at the thyroid and then they don't look at well what's causing actually this insulin resistance and especially for black women it's kind of just like oh well it's genetic that type of thing like it just it's just your family history and then it gets lost yep i know Uh, and there's uh, there's the layers to it so it's really finding that provider to listen and then but it also you know you had to do so much research too on my own (laughs) i had to do so much on my own i started researching uh pcos I was in my dorm room. I remember when I first came across it. And then I really started researching it and diving in around 2014. And I didn't get a diagnosis for what, two or three years. So it was a long time that I was just yeah. reading books and articles and people's testimonials and stories and trying to find I even like YouTube videos of women who have finally found this test or that test or the right wording to talk to the doctor. So it was a long journey of trying to figure out what was going on and then finding a provider to listen for sure. Now, so we got the PCOS diagnosis finally from that provider. So then what was your next step? Okay. So when I got the diagnosis from that provider, it was after doing labs Mm -hmm. and an ultrasound. And so to get a diagnosis of PCOS, you just need to present with a certain amount of symptoms such as uh, elevated or decreased, whatever your hormonal imbalance is. Um, And then commonly your ovaries with the cyst on there. But then there's a a whole other list of symptoms from the insulin resistance that was that was mine um okay. but then like acne increased body hair anxiety depression and the list goes on and on for symptoms of PCOS so after getting the blood work and the ultrasound um that doctor was pretty uh i say like holistic minded And he knew that I wasn't a fan of just being on birth control. That's what I was going to say. The next thing is it's typically, oh, you have this diagnosis of PCOS. So we're going to put you on birth control. And it's like, oh, no, I I don't want to say I do not agree with that because I understand in some situations and for some people's bodies, it works. For mine, I was not open to being on birth control because I previously had a really bad experience with birth control and it causing severe hypertension. Mm. Um, And so I wasn't open to being on birth control at all. And that provider understood that. And so... He kind of looked at what I was already doing. I had already switched up my diet a lot and I was learning how to eat a more whole foods, plant-based mm-hmm. diet. Um, so I was already losing weight 
and I had already changed up my diet. And so he provided some additional dietary recommendations and recommended like some vitamins to start taking and incorporating and supplements. And so that was the beginning. So then I started learning about how other practices to help such as like acupuncture or chiropractic treatment and this is where you could spill do a little spill about how chiropractic care um ties in and helps the hormones by keeping everything in alignment i'm sure you could word that up much better (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) well i love that you were able to look at those other you know, aspects of things, just because what you were saying too, you know, it affects multiple organ systems. And I look at it from a standpoint of, you know, the brain controls all the functions of the body. And so when we're looking at that nervous system function, well, I want to know how is the nervous system functioning for the nerves that are going towards all the reproductive organs, you know, towards, you know, and so that's where really that focus comes from and how chiropractic care can help in that aspect of things you know which is nice gotcha. so. <laughs> yeah that is nice and it even makes sense because even mm. among pcos there are uh different types and um like some people have pcos only after being on birth control and then they come off and then their hormones just don't regulate after that um but for somebody like me who had the insulin resistance factor, but also mm-hmm. an inflammatory factor. I think that's why um, chiropractic care could be so beneficial for people like me um, who have those things going on as well. The extra inflammation in your body causing the hormonal imbalance and that oh, insulin yeah. resistance. Oh, yeah. And it's you know, that inflammation can come from so much too, you know, so especially when you were saying you were looking at your diet, that's a huge part of it as well, because so much of that inflammation can come from the gut. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was coming from, I originally lived in South Georgia and then I moved up to Atlanta. But when I lived at home, I mean, Southern cooking was basically all that I knew and all Mm -hmm. that I ate. And so when I started looking at oh my gosh, all these fried foods, processed foods, learning how to read labels, learning about, you know, oils that increase inflammation in the body. It was Mm -hmm. like a total lifestyle change um, just to eat a more anti-inflammatory diet and then learning about things like turmeric tea that can help. Yeah, so I I had a whole turmeric kick where I would put turmeric <laughs> on everything. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love <laughs> Try to lower that inflammation. Um, and then even thinking about other practices like mindfulness and meditation mm-hmm. and deep breathing. I didn't know about any of that stuff before I went on my journey. And so I was just like a walking ball of anxiety and stress. And that only added to the inflammation, but it really was a a overall lifestyle change to help my body to flow and function and regulate. That is awesome. I love it. But that's how it happens, right? Because sometimes we do need that like, I don't know, that diagnosis, that moment of like, okay, this is, this is what's going on. What are we going to do about it? And what changes are we going to make? You know? So I love that you were willing to dive, dive deep into that and, uh, and work on that. So with 
your diagnosis and then you did those lifestyle changes, how quickly then did you, were you able to conceive? Oh my goodness. So, okay. I want to back up a little bit because I don't want to make it seem like obviously having a baby was the driving factor, but I also want people to know that that's not the only important part about PCOS because some major points is like the first time you have a cycle by yourself without needing birth control to make your body kind of have that cycle. So for me, that was a really big moment. The first month I had a cycle after not having one for months and months and months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah, So that was like the first major win for me. And I don't want to like skip over that. No, I love that. That's what I want you to say. Be like, no, we're going to celebrate this. Ah. So that's awesome. So then really getting into that, knowing that your body is healthy enough to have that cycle. I love it. Yes. So, and that happened pretty quickly. Like once I changed my diet up and I mean, it was really bad before. So once I changed it up, it maybe took like a month and a half. And then I was like, what? I had a cycle all by myself. And (laughs) And then I dove into the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I, I learned that you kind of needed to have more than just the cycle. You needed to be sure that, you know, you are ovulating uh-huh. actually. And so, um, and that your luteal phase was, took long enough. You had enough time for the baby to implant, the baby was going to implant. So I started learning about that. And then that did take a few months for my body to get in that flow of things. And I remember the first month I got like a positive ovulation test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these little mile markers you've hit. I love it. Yeah. Aww. It was all the leading up to um, finally getting pregnant that I celebrated on the journey um, so that I wouldn't get down about it taking long. Now but that makes that sense because you were able to celebrate, you know, okay, I've got my cycle. Okay. I'm actually ovulating now, you know? So that makes, that makes a lot of sense that you were able to celebrate um, that part of the journey. Right. And then even celebrating like my A1C improving because we nice. know, People with PCOS are at an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, which I believe is totally linked to those unstable blood sugars and how it can affect your blood vessels and that whole cardiovascular system. Um, And so when my A1C was improving, that was another win. Exactly. I love it. I love all these little things. And, you know, it's... There's also the aspect of time, you know, and understanding that, yes, it does take time, but it's so good to see those, I don't know, the results come in. So, you know, you're like, oh, I was on, you know, eating this healthy food for like a month and a half and then doing this and then doing this and not, um, I think sometimes too, maybe that's where people have issues with putting in that time and that effort to it, you know, and just having, and just hopefully wishing and hoping that, okay, if I put in this work instead of saying, oh, well, and I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a week, you know? So there is that aspect of time in there. Yeah. And that I think is the, sorry. I think that's where some people get discouraged because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you get this birth control and then take a medicine, 
can make you ovulate. Things can happen a lot faster. Um, but my concern and what I always try to teach my clients is I'm not only concerned with you having a baby. Like I want mm-hmm. to help you truly get your body to optimal functioning um, because I don't want you to be in that statistic of, oh, well, I had a baby, but I never addressed any of the rest of this stuff going on behind the scenes. And now I'm diagnosed with high blood pressure and diabetes five years later because I never addressed the inflammation in my body or the insulin resistance. Yes, all of that. That's so huge. And so I love that you look at that aspect of it, that yes, we want to have baby, but let's, let's make sure that where this baby is going to develop is in a healthy body, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. Especially when we think about PCOS and the connection to the gut health and how the inflammation affects your gut health. Mm-hmm. And then we think about when you get pregnant, then your gut health, you pass on to your baby. Yeah. So we want to make sure that you're healthy first before mm-hmm. um before you go into pregnancy so that you have a hopefully a, a smooth pregnancy and then a, a good experience after and then it's all about the health of the next generation as we do our healing ah i love it that's so deep and girl we could go like <laughs> i don't know i could do a whole episode on that too <laughs> this always happens we start talking and i'm like oh let's go over here let's go over here but you mentioned um what you work with your clients. So I do want to, I want to get an idea of, cause I, I know you as, you know, Ray, the doula. So like there's the, and that birth worker aspect to it, but then you also have um, like the PCOS healing aspect to your, to your work too. So right. let's go over a little bit. Yeah. Like, so what do you do? <laughs> okay. All right. So I think when most people hear doula, they obviously think birth doula, right? Like right. somebody who you meet with in your pregnancy and then they're there for the birth and then they take care of you postpartum as well, which I am a birth doula, postpartum doula, but I'm a full spectrum doula, meaning I also provide fertility support to people who are not pregnant yet. And because of my own personal story, obviously a lot of my clients who are trying to conceive also have PCOS. So what I like to do is work with them one-on-one and I start from the beginning because a lot of people are like, I'm not having a cycle. I want to have a baby. What do I need to do? And my first question is, okay, what's going on? Um, do you have a diagnosis? And a lot of people don't have a diagnosis yet. So they need to know what to ask the doctor, what mm. test, what tests to ask for, what labs to ask for, the whole nine yard. So I, I really like to start right there because you, you don't know what you're dealing with if you don't have a diagnosis or a lab work or anything. So right. I'm essentially like, the person I wish I had on my own journey, yes. somebody to guide me and tell me what to do. That's who I try to be for my clients. Uh, so that they don't have to walk alone and figure it out and go through all of these books. Obviously, I'm not a medical provider, so I can't prescribe them anything, but I can offer guidance from personal experience and then my own knowledge. Right. And you can say, hey take this information to your provider, you know, ask these questions. 
you know? Yeah. It's definitely exactly. not saying like, this is, you know, this is the medical <laughs> advice. You need to take this, take that. No, 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 no. Right. But it's right. also helping people to advocate for themselves as well. I mean, we also exactly. talk about that in the birth worker world. So yeah, during, you know, the birthing process, you want women to be able to advocate for themselves, but now let's speak up for this, our health, you know? Exactly. Like my so, whole yeah i feel like my motto <laughs> as a doula is ask and advocate like starting from when you're trying to conceive for the rest of the time that i'm with you my motto is going to be ask this and advocate for yourself whatever you want to do whatever your gut is telling you to do go for it and if you can't find a provider that supports you find a new one like, <laughs> find a new one i know i know and it, it's one of those things i know it's difficult but let's you know let's put in the work like what you said let's ask and advocate so that makes um i love that though i love that and that's so helpful and that you're there to you know provide that guidance um now one thing that i think of too in that what i what stands what how you stand out to me and what's so different and what you're able to offer is um I don't know. One of the things I've talked about before uh, is what I wish people knew about what I, you know, do or what's one thing that's really big. It's kind of like, I wish you would come in like before you're pregnant <laughs> because yes. I want like kind of what you're doing. So I love that you get to, you get that fertility support and it's like, okay, well, let's first, let's make sure, you know, cycle is good. Let's get you cycling yes. on your own. Yes. And then let's talk about the baby. Like I'm the same way with, yes. okay, let's make sure nervous system is functioning well. And then yes. let's, yes. you know, instead of like, I know you're 38 weeks and I'm like, oh my God, you know, so yeah. I get, um, I love that <laughs> that you offer yes. that too. And so even, <laughs> even yeah. with my clients, I'm like, can you start going to the chiropractor? Now, when you're trying, even before you're pregnant, because I know and I see see how many people are 37, 38, 39 weeks and they go to the chiropractor, like flip my baby to the right position. So, I know. So and I can't I'm like, ah. it's like I can't <laughs> work. Like <laughs> it's not how this works. Um, and I really like that. I start working with people. We can build that relationship. We can talk about how you're, you're eating well before pregnancy. We can talk about how you're managing stress. We can talk about going to the chiropractor. We can talk about all of these things that only help you once you're pregnant. Um, and it's a lot easier to set healthy habits early on mm -hmm. versus getting a client at 30 weeks and then I'm trying to go through all of that, those things while also doing birthing and childbirth prep. Exactly. And that's because that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot going on, you know, and then there's that stress aspect um, of things, too. And then adding to the anxiety that we've already talked about that can be part of um, that PCO aspect of things, too. Exactly. So. Not everybody that comes to you, though, has PCOS, but um, that is like that special aspect and knowledge base um, that you have. Yeah. And I really like connecting with people before they're pregnant, honestly, mm -hmm. um, or being that I work with people while they're trying to conceive very early on, because we can talk about choosing a provider 
very early on instead of connecting with somebody at say 28 30 weeks um and then going through okay what would you like your birth to be like and then them discovering the provider they're planning to deliver with is not supportive of the kind of birth that they want but because of where we are we're so limited um in the number of options that we have and the number of midwives and birthing centers that the birthing centers and the midwives may be full but yeah. if we had had this conversation earlier on we could have picked a provider much early on yes no and i i definitely um i definitely agree with that because i've been seeing a lot of the midwives in this area they're full Yes. (laughs) And I mean, they've got to take, yeah. And they've got to take a break. So I know like if you're going to have a baby in December, (laughs) you know, a lot of them are taking a break in December because they need it too. There's that sustainability within the midwifery practice, which is a whole other aspect of things too. But um, I know it's, it's, yeah, it's going around, but like if you can get set up early enough to know, okay, this is what I want. And these are the providers that are going to line up with it. Then yes, you right. will alleviate some of that stress of finding those people who align with you. Yes. And that is why I really like connecting with people and having that relationship with them. So I know immediately when you get your pregnancy test, okay, this is the kind of birth that you want. You need to go ahead and reach out to this person because otherwise they're going to be. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's so true. So one thing I do love to ask is, um, what do you wish people knew about what you do? Because sometimes I feel like that in the chiropractic world, they see those memes out of like what people think I do and then like what I actually do, you know, what right. my mom thinks I do, what my dad thinks I do, what people, <laughs> right. and it's like um, in that aspect of things, I know we've touched on it a little bit, but really honing in on, you know, what is it that you wish people knew about what you do? Oh my gosh. So immediately when you were saying like what my mom thinks I do, and I would say, I I don't know that my family understands even still what it it is that I do. I remember at first they thought I actually delivered the baby and getting them to understand (laughs) the difference and even people to understand the difference between a doula and a midwife yep. um, is something that I'm still educating people on, especially when people see that I have a background in nursing. They're like, oh, well, you're a nurse and you have doula training. Do I even need a midwife? And the answer for me is a resounding yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am not a midwife, but I am a doula. Um, and so getting people to understand that is the hard part yeah. um, and, get, and getting them to understand that you really do benefit from having both. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we know the statistics around uh, Georgia and birth and moms and babies. Um, and we know that midwifery care is a different model and women are often safer that way um but that dudes play an important role in teaching you to advocate informing you of all of your options and support yes i think too if i had to look at like what is one of the most common things that you help others overcome with the work that you do 
Um, I kind of want to answer that for you and then you can come in and answer it because when I hearing everything that you (laughs) do, I'm going to be like, this is what I think. Like this is how I see how beneficial you are because it's, it really is that ask and advocate. And so it's getting to people, getting them to, it's like help getting them to healthier pregnancies. Like that's kind of that aspect of what I see that you're able to do and to help with and looking at it in that full spectrum and not so much just the growing the baby, you know, and delivering the baby, but more of the, that preconceptive and that fertility and getting to be in tune and aware of your body. For sure. Now, as far as like pregnancy, birth, postpartum, like healthy living, what are some of your um, top resources that you like to give um, to your clients? So what I like to do for my clients is I like to kind of see where they are and how they're eating, how they're managing their stress already. And then I go from there uh, just with the basics. I'm not a nutritionist or anything, but I do understand food choices, macros. Um, And so I can help them say if they're struggling with learning how to eat healthier, just overall, I can provide them meal ideas and a food list, um, things like that, um, just one-on-one. Um, I like to give them tips, like going to the chiropractor is one. So I give <laughs> them, these are my local chiropractors. Go to one of these people and I know they'll take really good care of you type situations. Um, what else do I do for people? Oh, and then obviously books. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we didn't go over that you wanted to be sure to mention in our little, in our interview? Oh, can we go back a little bit? There was this one thing that I want to make sure that I touch on. Yeah. Just a little bit. Of course. And he can edit it into the right spot. Um, I wanted to say that... um, And I also want people to know that doulas are not just for people that want a home birth or uh, unmedicated birth. Because I feel like that Mm -hmm. is a misconception that is floating around everywhere that we have to work to undo. That is totally a myth. I want to support my clients through whatever type of birthing experience they want, as long as they are able to advocate and stand in their power and make informed decisions, whether that be a home birth, a birthing center birth, a hospital birth, a C-section, whatever birthing experience my client wants or ends up having, as long as, um, as long as they advocated for themselves and felt empowered, then I feel that my job as a doula was done. Um, And so I'm not just for people who want a doula because they don't want to get pain medicine because our work as doulas goes far beyond just the labor room. When we talk about all of the pregnancy support and the postpartum support that we give, um, the birth is just one piece of that puzzle. It's a big piece of of that puzzle obviously you remember your birth for 
forever. Forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> forever and ever. But it's not the whole piece of your experience. Yeah. No, that's um that's a hundred percent right. No. And I I mean, I feel like I get like that too in the chiropractic world. Like you don't have to, you know, want this magical, you know, unmedicated birth yes. to, you know, to like to be under chiropractic care. Like even if you do have and you want an elected, you know, C-section, well, making sure that our nervous system's working well is is wonderful. You know, same thing with you, making sure that you have made these informed decisions, you've asked the questions that you need, you have someone on your side to advocate. And then, yeah. I mean, postpartum recovery during that. So that is huge. So I definitely see, um, and I totally understand where you're coming from with with wanting people to understand that like <laughs> that stigma related with it or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know where those things come about, but right, doulas like, are for I'm, everyone. <laughs> yeah, doulas are for everyone. Just like chiropractors are for everyone. I mean, yeah. I remember the relief I got from going to the chiropractor when I was pregnant, but also those adjustments when I was, early postpartum yeah. I don't know it's just, my upper back was always so tight from nursing and the nursing adjustment I know. changed I my life yep I know and <laughs> even getting getting them little newborns adjusted is great for nursing and sleeping for everybody so yeah. not I agree <laughs> yes I know I love it I love it um so where if people are searching um, for you, people want to find out more about you and how to connect with you. Where, um, where are you living in the social media and interwebs world? <laughs> okay, everybody can find me anywhere at Ray the Doula. If you are on Instagram, I am most active on Instagram. I like to be on live there. I like to chat with other people in the birth work world about things we can change and what's going on and this and that so you can find me on instagram at ray the doula but i'm also on twitter and on, i have a facebook page ray the doula and my website is www.raythedoula.com so anywhere you're looking for me i'm ray the doula yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it um well thank you so so much for talking with me today and sharing what you do in the birth worker world, but also sharing um, your story because I think it's very important um, to share those stories. And that's exactly what you're doing with your work. You know, you're kind of living out and sharing that story and um, helping others uh, with the same maybe issues that you had. And so I love the impact that you are making. And thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor. I love talking with you. I love everything that you stand for. So I'm so grateful. Yay. All right, my friend. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, screenshot it, and tag us on Instagram at aligned underscore birth, or leave a rating and review. If you don't want to miss our newest episodes, be sure to tap the subscribe button. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, we strive to bring you lots of information because knowledge is power and applied knowledge is empowerment. Thanks again for being here and see you next week.